Hello, beautiful people. How your spirit doing? So here's the thing. Everybody's like, oh, have a, have guests on all the time, Dede. We love you, but have guests on all the time. <laughs> so I have one of my favorite people on earth on this episode, DJ Melody, Bobby Johnson, a gentleman who was very in, in, influential in me getting into comedy and, and sort of taking off. And what I mean by that is, you know, he he, he's, he was a dude. He, he had a couple of different spots that he was producing comedy shows out of. He was essentially just the DJ aspect of it. So he, you know, the equipment, you know, the, the music in between. Like when you had a black comedy show, if you don't have music in between, I judge you. <laughs> I feel a certain type of way. Even if it's a, a shitty show um, or, or I guess the opposite. Like even if it's an amazing show, if you ain't got music in between, I'm like, it, it's just, it's an element in, in the business, it's, it's a thing called texture. It's small things that help make the comedy experience bigger, better. It's it's one of those things where do you need music in between? No, you don't need it. But it adds. So so he he was driving to California. He just recently found out as a 50-year-old man that he had a baby. And, uh, you know, never, never knew, found out, developed a relationship with the baby girl and, and the mom. And now that's like a new chapter of his life. Uh, I will also remind fellas, uh, strap it up. You know what I'm saying? This, this episode has been brought to you by, you know? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just giving him shit. Um, but that, that, that's a hell of a thing to, to, to learn and find out. He's got grown children. And so, so he's on his way to California and we're trying to have a conversation, but the audio and the connections is just in and out. I haven't listened to the, the, the conversation, but I will, and I will try to salvage as much as I can, but I just wanted to come here and do like a little quick, what we were trying to talk about and maybe talk a little bit about, uh, our relationship. And, and then I, I, I wanted to try to get to success and failures because I've, I've, <laughs> I've experienced a few recently and I feel like they make you all the better or they should make you all the better. I feel like some people, you know, they, they, they experience failure or, uh, they learn a, they learn a hard lesson about themselves and they just, they crap out. <laughs> They're just like, I'm done. I'm leaving the casino and other people, they rise to the occasion and you know, game on the line, take the final shot, and uh, swish through the net. With 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 my relationship with Bobby, uh, he actually was the DJ at my wedding. The first few years, and I've mentioned this on previous episodes, there wasn't a lot of opportunity for black comedians uh, and producers. Uh, specifically at the time, there was about three. One was in and out. Like, he didn't produce a lot of shows. He, he produced... Uh, he had he had what was considered the urban show, and I was still um, green before, to 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 hop on one of those shows before that ended. And when that ended, he he really didn't do anything more uh, after that. Then there was another gentleman, and who, who was I guess like rivals with Bobby. And the funny thing is, it wasn't like a real rival. It was it was one of those things where 
the I'm not gonna say the industry, but kinda the the scene will will pin people against each other. And it's like there's only room for one black producer. And that was kind of and and let me just preference all of this. This is just from my perspective. I I'm not one of the two, so I can't like give you like the inside scoop. I can just tell you how uh how things looked and you know from the the whispers and and the conversations that I've had. It it was really one of those like there could <laughs> there could only be one Highlander. And so so um the other guy, his rival, kind of did me dirty on a show. So I was like, fuck that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and, and it's, it's just, you know, like, how did he do me dirty? If, if, I'm, if my memory serves, and if you've been listening to the, the last few episodes, my memory has gotten really bad. I have a bad memory, and I'm accepting this. I have gray hairs, and uh, th- this, is, this is life, Okay. And I, I was doing one of his shows. I, you know, like I, getting booked on a show was was really just like a big deal when you when you're new, and it's really just somebody saying, "Hey, you want to do our? You want to do my show?" Oh well, yeah, I want to do your show. I want to do all the shows. <laughs> so, and uh, he gave me like a shitty interview or uh, intro, and then he had me going first. And in the in the business in the industry, you know. <laughs> You know, you typically set up your lineups to to you know to 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 get better. So the first comic kind of opens it up. Uh, the next comic should be better, so on and so forth, until you have your headliner, your closing comedian to just you know knock knock it out of the park. I I think I felt a certain type of way. First of all, I felt like I was funnier than than him, and so. That was a thing, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, and, and partly this is arrogance because when you're a young comic, you you definitely feel like you are funnier than a lot of people. And you may have natural, raw, comedic talent. And that's one thing. I think that's, that's how a lot of people, you know, take off. But there's, there's skill and, you know there's things that other comedians develop it's it's one of those things where if you're having a conversation of you know uh tangibles things that you can control and you know some some comedians just like i'm funny boom i'm a comedian uh you know suck my dick bitches you know like that that's all that's all i'm in the game for like i i, I don't need to develop i don't need to write jokes or material like i'm just funny give me a microphone i'm gonna make people laugh and that's great for like two shows. <laughs> you know, you start doing more shows, and you're like, oh, the, you know, you, you start bombing, and, and you start having not the same response that that you were getting earlier. So other comedians are, you know, more polished, developed their timing, and uh, even with all that, I still think I was better though. But that's another conversation for another day. But uh, he gave me like a shitty uh, intro, and that happens a lot. I don't know if it's like a like I wanna I always wanna pin it on jealousy, you know, envy. Like this guy it was 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 older than I am. And you know, when when you are the older guy and someone funnier is, is coming up, it's like, you know, passing of the torch. You know, it's like like it's 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 a weird thing. But 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 specifically, it happens a lot with black 
comedy and like you know like with Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy you know Richard Pryor um as 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 their relationship you know grew in the early stages he didn't want Eddie Murphy like Eddie Murphy was coming out he was the new thing and Richard Pryor was not ready to be the next guy you know like uh there was a huge thing with Harlem Nights which is my favorite movie of all time which uh stars Eddie Murphy and Richard Pryor there was a huge thing about Richard Pryor name being second on the bill like he he thought it should be Richard Pryor then Eddie Murphy in Harlem Nights and Eddie Murphy's like no this it's my time I'm the guy now so you know if you if you go back in Hollywood there's always been the one guy you know it's Richard Pryor it's the Eddie Murphy it's it's the Martin Lawrence it's the uh, whoever whoever you want it to be, whether it's you know your Chris Rock, your Bernie Max, uh, Kevin Hart has definitely had the torch. It's it's almost like rap, where it's like who who held it down for the summer, like who had the best album of the year. You know, is it Jay? Is it Eminem? Nelly? Is you know Fifty Cent? So kind of went all over the place, but I I apologize. But uh, so I felt like that that was the energy. The energy was this is a new funny guy. He's not good yet. Let me throw him to the wolves because that that that's that happens a lot. Like 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 the sink or swim in comedy is taking someone that thinks they're funny and throwing them into <laughs> into like a cold crowd and seeing what you can do. You know, because because if you've ever been to a comedy show, the expectation the expectations and standards should be the host goes up, warms up the crowd. Hey, here's a couple of jokes. Hey, here's a couple of announcements. Hey, laugh. If you think something's funny, clap. If you liked something. And I'm pretty sure what happened, he walked up, thanked everybody coming to the show, and like, you ready to get this show started coming up the stage? This guy. And not only was it like not a club, it's it's a fucking restaurant. And I did okay. I don't want to say I bombed. I don't even remember if I did well. I don't know any of the jokes that I said. I just remember getting off. Um, I got I got some laughs, but I remember giving him a look and him give. No, no. It, I remember getting off and him saying like, "It was something shitty." Like, um, he, he surprised me. You know, something like that. Where I'm like, "Bruh, like, do your job, Bill Belichick. Do your goddamn job, okay." I'm trying to throw me to the wolves. Anyway, nothing to do with anything. Let me let me get let me scale it back a little bit. So he was that other guy, and they were like sharing venues because like a place would be like only one black producer at a time. So it'd be like you're the guy. It's like uh, Oprah, you you get to produce, you get to produce, and he and they would just go back and forth to the point where their their you know like animosity for each other grew. And then it became like a competition who was producing the best shows, who was working with whom. And <laughs> by no means was it a competition. Uh, Bobby was just killing it. I think there's something about when Bobby is pushed, you know, like <laughs> with his back against the wall. I mean, we all, th- well, not all, but a lot of people, we thrive when, when we're in those type of positions. And then the guy moved to Vegas. And that was kind of the end. And it was like Bobby won. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. So all of this uh, context, basically just, I started working with Bobby. He he was doing these, the thing about Bobby shows is everybody seemed to be having so much fun. And like, 
there was something about comedy in the first two years that wasn't fun. <laughs> like, you know, it's like going to a theme park, you know, like an amusement park to to work. You know, like I, I worked at Mall of America. I see kids go to Mall of in Minnesota. I see kids go to Mall of America, run around. They're like amazed. They can't believe this. But when you work there, it's a completely it's it's not Mall of America. You know, it's it's place of employment. And so that's kind of what they sell you at comedy. Like you can't have fun. You know, like you can't you can't. It's 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 you gotta you gotta do your jokes. <laughs> like so for the first two years. I mean, I was having fun because I was making people laugh. I was having, you know, good sets. I I wasn't killing. Like looking back now, a lot of it's cringeworthy. Like a lot of it's like, uh, what? Why? Why? And <laughs> and uh, I, I got to a point where I I went to YouTube and like pulled all the videos that I had, and so like the only things left. From like the early years is is like like two to three videos that were big deal videos that I did pretty well in, but I I had like ten to twenty videos of everything that I was doing. <laughs> I mean, if you for for shits and giggles, if you want to go to my YouTube, you can watch me bang a taco. I mean, I can't say much more about that because it's a teaser, but I made four different videos. <laughs> so so this is where I was at in comedy at this time and Bobby and, and the shows that he was doing with another gentleman named Sidney Smith who they don't have a good relationship with anymore but I have a good relationship with both of them in the, individually Sidney was, was the comic he was the host for most of the shows and Bobby was the producer and, and the music and you know the, the booker if you will and they just had a, a good you know chemistry when it came to running these really fun shows started doing a couple of the shows i would have good a couple of good sets and i feel like bobby and this is what i don't feel like he get a lot of credit for i feel like he goes out of his way to lift you up you know like in 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 the industry you know if, if this is war and you get shot in the foot most industry is like, I'll see you at base if you make it back. Bobby is one of those dudes where it's like, get on my shoulder, bro, or let me carry you, or let's let's figure this shit out together. You know, no man left behind sort of mentality. And I, I never felt like there was anything special about me at this particular time. Like there was nothing special for him to offer to put me on shows. He uh, was one of the first people to pay me consistently and it would be funny because i would see him get like you know 50 dollars and then give me 10 out of that why like why me and i would have and there'd be times i have i've had a bad i would have a bad set and so it, it was that kind of mentality that made me feel like uh i rock with this guy because he's doing he's doing things and there's a bunch more examples. I know that's super small and maybe not a big deal to you guys. But at that time, to be paid for something that you love to do as you are trying to get better and pursuing it, it's 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 the greatest thing in the world. 
you know, it's like a, you know, it's like an unannounced blowjob. You're like, I didn't act. I didn't know this was happening or this was coming. No pun intended, but <laughs> so, so, um, so we started doing shows. Sydney Smith ended up moving back to Detroit. He's originally from Detroit as well. And that, that vacancy of that, that role had opened up and I didn't really know how to host really well, if I would be great at it. And I don't think I was good at it early I think early on I was pretty crappy but he gave me the opportunity to do it and get better and by the time I left Arizona I was I was exceptional um I didn't always do well but I always did well hosting if that makes sense like sometimes you don't as the host you don't have to be the funniest person so there's already pressure off of that. But there are certain things that a host need to do to to ensure that the show goes well. You know, you gotta, it's the pace. You got to make sure the flow is great. You know, if, if the laughter is going, don't do time in between. Don't open up a show doing 30 minutes. You know, uh, the show's not about you and know that. Show that. So... I got I got really great at hosting. Uh, I had a bunch of great shows with him. We've had some really shitty shows. You know, we've had we've had some big shows where we had to cancel because nobody showed up. Not even a single person. You know, we had shows in a Mexican pizza, or we had a show in a Mexican restaurant and a pizza place and uh, strip club and uh, um, uh, small towns, which I I'm. I know racism, uh, you know, like I'm, I, I know they were like, you know, Confederate. I did a show with a, with a Confederate flag hanging in the back of the bar. Just a lot of fun, crazy, interesting experiences. I think they are tailored to help me become a better comedian and businessman. I think I learned a lot of business from, from him as well. And I think I was able to apply a lot of that when I got out here. He was not perfect. There were some things that I applied that worked out very well. And there were some things that uh, he did. I'm like, "Um, I'm not going to do that. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I'm sure there's people that look at me that that will do the same at a point. They'll be like, Daddy, I like that you do this. Uh, I'm never going to do this. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So so the the episode was about us just kind of chit-chatting and getting updated. And and he kind of talked about still having some of the struggles that he that he had, you know, years, five years ago when I was back there. You know, just new, you know, same shit, different day. You know, having issues with, with comedians and performers, you know, entitlement, you know, me, it's all about me, 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 what can you do for me? Uh, and one of, one of my favorite things that he, that he said or, or that I bring up is, you know, being a parent and being a dad sometimes you got to treat these comics like children because they act like children and sometimes trying to take the high road doesn't do much but you know pave the way for your peace of mind so i'm gonna take a listen to the episode or i'm gonna take a listen to the conversation salvage what i can it might be 30 minutes it might be two minutes we'll see what i can what i can salvage because the uh, the phone kept going in and out. He was eating sunflower seeds, which was almost disrespectful. But you know, he gets a pass, okay? Because that's my guy. <laughs> uh, 
And uh, I appreciate you guys for tuning in. I just want to mention, I had some, I had some failures recently with with shows, and the old day day would 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 take them to heart. You know, like I I cry at night. You know, what I'm saying I hold my my pillow. Uh, fuck that guy, by the way. <laughs> but, um, but now it's like you have a bad set. You I, you don't you don't shrug it off. You got to live in the moment. I think that's very important. Whether you're in a relationship, you go through a breakup. You gotta live in that moment. You gotta live in that space. You gotta endure it. You know, accept it. And I, I had a bad set where I went on stage for the first time in a very long time with nothing planned. I don't know why I thought this was a great idea. I was of sound mind. I was not drunk. I just thought <laughs> I had I had a show the night before, and I I had a great set. So I was just like feeling myself, and I'm like. And I mean, literally nothing planned. Like sometimes I go on stage, I have like two or three jokes I'm going to try to do. If I get to them, great. If I don't, I'm good. Or I have an opening. Like I'm going to open with saying these words, you know, or there's somebody in the crowd. I'm going to, I know I want to talk with. Nope. Walk, got on stage, said my name, music stopped. And I started talking about the stool that was next to me for three minutes. Here's the thing. It wasn't like. And then now it wasn't like the world's greatest stool. It was it was a stool that was I don't know slightly shorter than your normal standard stool that you get at Walmart or that you see on on stage that wood stool. And I talked about it for three minutes. Don't know why it never got any funnier. Um, but I was just determined to talk about the stool. <laughs> And I ended up doing a couple jokes. They didn't really land like I wanted them to. And I wrote a I wrote a post about, hey, I, I, I suck tonight. And that was it. I posted on Facebook, went to sleep, woke up, did the father thing, baby thing. And by the time I had a next show, I had a, I had a good I had a good set. That just happens. I, I just share all that to to say. Earlier this year, I had two other shows where they just didn't go as well as I wanted them to go. And old day day gets hard on himself. And new day day is like, all right, just do better the next time. I, again, I think it's important to acknowledge, hey, you fucking suck tonight. Or you didn't do well. Or you're better than this. But it's also equally important to not stay in that space. Move on. And put all that energy on the next. So if you have anything going on in life where you feel like you are struggling, you failed, whatever the case may be, live in that space for just a little bit, move on and be better for the next. So let me uh, hear the the conversation and share what I can. And uh, hopefully there's something we don't know. I don't know. This might be the end of the episode. (laughs) If if, If the audio is so terrible, this will be the end of the episode. If not, uh, you hear a little uh, bit of the conversation that I had with uh, DJ Mellow B, Bobby Johnson, 53-year-old, about to be 54 by the time this episode comes out. New new papa, uh, great dude, great father, uh, and one of the hardest working men that I know in this business. Peace. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Right, now I can hear you. Oh, I appreciate you, bro. You look like you're on the go. Where where you where you headed? What adventures does Bobby Johnson partake in today? Yeah, I'm on my I, way to California. California. What's in California? Another show? No. Um, I wish I was going to get some money. It's Bella's birthday today, and mine is tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So her, her mother, sisters, and brothers came down from Utah. Any big plans in California or just going to the beach? Going to well, we're staying in a cabin in the mountains <laughs> tonight, and then we're going to the beach. I got my grandkids with me too because they're the same age as Bella. Right, right. <laughs> the podcast initially was just me talking, and then I started to invite people that I actually like <laughs> talking to. So you was obviously at the top of the list, and I hadn't, sh- you know, we haven't chopped it up in a while. So I just want to use it as an opportunity to do both. See how you're doing, how your spirit doing, how's Arizona treating you, how you moving, navigating, that kind of thing. So this is really just getting updated with, uh, you know, DJ Mellow V, Bobby Johnson. Well, look, man, Arizona treats me great. I'm glad you said it that way. The state of Arizona does me well, but it's the city of Phoenix that um, I got a lot of business there, but the state treats me better than the city. That's interesting. That's That's not new, though. It as sad as it is to say that that's not it's not, that's not new it's not new but it's a it's an interesting perspective that i've never taken is that i actually service different parts of arizona i'm not just i'm not the city's dj you know what i mean mm-hmm. i'm not the city's representative i'm mm. i'm a mobile dj entertainment company that services cities across the state i even go across the line so mm-hmm. again i'm just finding myself in a position where I'm in the whole scene, but I'm not really a part of it. Interesting. I don't know how much of the audio I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of it because it keeps going in and out. But just you know, keep keep answering, and uh, we'll see what I can salvage. Well, definitely going forward, my conversation has changed with venues and um, and uh, artists, comedians, performers, mm-hmm. because I'm only gonna get. I'm already at a next level as far as having access to the venues. Um, it's me and a handful of other local promoters or comics who can really produce the numbers that they ask for. And um, I just think I need to change the caliber of performer that I'm able to get my hands done. Mm. You know, not somebody who's already got a name. I don't need an A-lister to where... I'm breaking myself because yeah, it is still part of the DNA to put myself out on a limb um, and grow new comics because it's just like having a baby, man. When they grow up, you have a lot to say to them when they're young. When they turn 13 and 14, it's going to be a battle of the test of wills. Like, what you mean you want to do that? Yeah, dad, I want to do that. And you're like, okay, there's a difference between wants and needs. You know, and you got to be serious about that shit. You know it. Uh, I was, I was going to say not to like downplay the relationships that you have with your performers, comedic, you know, uh, comedians, uh, artists. I can only imagine at at a lot of times you feel like they're your children or maybe they act 
childlike. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, to the listeners, you can't see the face he's making, but it, that's 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 a that's a unofficial confirmation. I don't dislike anyone. I've never taken a side to how someone is felt until I found out it was about their feelings. Just like fucking Jedi Master would tell you, your feelings will betray you. And all these dudes' feelings have betrayed them because I'm nothing of the shit they say I am. Mm-hmm. So the real point I'm making here is people who opposed me and disliked me, I've thrown out an olive branch and offered them a night with me. And I don't know for what reason that they would try to go around me and do it without me when I was offering them a free pass at my door. Mm-hmm. And they were instantly told, well, don't you do what the guy that you're asking me about does? We're working with him and he's consistent. But thank you. Now, do you think I called the club and asked the club to speak on my behalf to another promoter? I just go in and do my job. But (laughs) I've allowed someone to get that close to see that that's what they would do when they got that close. And there was someone who opposed me in the first place, Jump Street, and claims that they never did. It's neither here nor there. I'm still willing to work with you guys, no matter who you guys are, as long as we can work together. Don't try to punk me because... The misconception is I'm somebody's punk. I didn't get here being a punk. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that, that that's still a, um ongoing thing. <laughs> you asked me if I felt like they were my children. This is shit I was doing when I was a child, 13 to 16. 17 and 18, I was moving to Arizona on my own. I was gone. Mm. So... No, I don't understand the mentality of other men, 40 plus, who can't work together because of their feelings. Got you. Let's let's talk recent success. You seem you seem to be doing pretty well with with these major gigs. Cause I mean, you know the business. There there's there's good shows and then there's great shows and then there's these, you know, all in type of shows. And you know, from afar, I, I get to see the pictures and sometimes video of uh, you know Tempe Improv or Stand Up Live, just you know CB Live, just just venues that that you've been able to have a major impact in that that took a while to kind of get into because we were really forfeited a bunch of those opportunities. So now that things have changed and it's different management, you seem to be taking it and running with it. Uh, talk, you know, talk to me about some of your your more recent success and shows and uh, things that I mean, I'm giving you that opportunity to brag, bro. Like, how are you? How are you doing it? <laughs> um, shit, that's all I'm doing here is telling people about Day Day and Iowa. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, my dude Daddy was the only nigga to really pick it up and like do it. He moved and did it out there. Yeah. I think uh So before I take the uh, a moment to respond to that, congratulations to you, man. I'm proud of you. Wow. Because that's you. what you're doing. You took your management skills and what you did with the mic and put it all in one. Thank so, you. Thank you. Hats off to you, sir. I, I appreciate it. I, I don't um Again, I, I've always gone back to like the Dr. Dre and Eminem, you know, it, like a, analogy with us with with you already having something accomplished and growing, and you giving me a lot of opportunities very early to fail and succeed and figure some shit out. So um, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. And uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm just I'm on this I'm on your sideline rooting for you. So, well, I appreciate that, man. And it took us seven years. I say us because we did all the work first, and whoever else worked with me, keep everybody's name out of my mouth. But everybody that was with it first, man, it took us seven years to get to where we are because pretty much everyone is there now. And um, speaking for myself, it's just, I guess coming from the food and beverage aspect of it, there are some understandings about how the club operates that I see differently than other people who might be performers or just promoters from a nightclub. Um you have to know that your audience is really participating in what the club needs. And that's a major factor being a food and beverage manager for me and being a full service waiter. I know that the most important thing once people are in the building is that they spend the money. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't want to do that. They want to just give up the funny and you can't have one without the other. Just imagine if I only had 70 people and not 90 to 115 or 140 to 300. Mm-hmm. If I didn't do those kind of numbers semi-consistently, I'm, I can't brag and say I'm always that heavy. That's why I threw out four different numbers. So when I have ver- crowd variables, sometimes my light crowd outspends my big crowd. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my balance is, is just crazy. It has nothing to do with me. And I always told you it was chemistry. There's a certain chemistry that it depends on your clientele, who they're coming to see. Some people like to buy top shelf drinks and only drink top shelf. Mm-hmm. And at a comedy club, that's going to cost them $150 just for five drinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. $175, 18% gratuity. So there's an attachment to your audience that you're inviting. If you just invite a thousand people who have a dollar a piece, you know you can only top out a thousand dollars. No, I you're you're spot on. I I was producing a show at this one venue that uh, one occasions they would have like Bob and Tom, you know, nationally traveling comedians come on, and they would do really well ticket sale wise. Like they would a lot of times sell out the shows, but but the audience did not drink nearly as much as the show that I was producing. So the audience that I was bringing to them was uh, was doing almost double that with less, with less people. So uh, that's just that's just another part of the makeup that a lot of people don't see. But but like shows, like what, what's been your favorite show this year so far that you've been a part of that you've you've done? Well, my favorite show of all time is Goofballs because Goofballs does everything it's supposed to do. Um, we're fortunate enough to get the right comics that chemistry factory in. We're fortunate enough to get the right comics who are available at the right time, trying to minimize the lineup so I can maximize everybody's time because, you know, everyone wants more time. But I also put in the factor that if time is money and you haven't sold any tickets to make any money, you shouldn't be concerned about the time. You should be happy that you're still on the show because that's not an arrogant statement because new faces of comedy, you can have seven out of 10 and they got to like you a little bit because you got to have 10 people to get on stage. I'm asking you to make some money for your damn self. So if you just want to bring friends so you can just tell, you know, some open mic heat on stage, that's cool. But I'm, I, I'm not a producer of just for fun. 
You know, I'm in here. I don't get paid, man. Somebody, three people this week said something about how I get paid. And I was like, well, do you want to see my checking account or you want to help me when I'm down since you want to know about my money or how I make my money? You're not around when I make money. If you didn't make money at a comedy show, Pimper, neither did I. <laughs> and they don't, believe, they don't believe that. And nobody yeah. else, and nobody still can do 50% because they have overhead or they're too deeply vested in themselves to give up that money. Mm. Mine is no money spent, nothing asked for. Here's free tickets that I paid for. And you can have them. I don't even charge you in advance for them. Like some people have to. I just trust that you'll bring back the unsold tickets and it works out. Mm. So Goofballs is able to produce that for me like no other event consistently. Okay. I should, I should say us, but, you know, I'm in the interview. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's good. It's, uh, it's, it's a collective. Uh, <laughs> us, I got you. What, uh, what are you looking forward to by the end of the year? Like uh, anything... I don't know if you do you think that far yet because you you are constantly hustling. You are a hustler week to week, month to month. Have you thought that far out, or are you like, hey, I got these things going on right now, and that's where my attention is? Actually, Dede, because of uh, COVID last year, you know, I have steady accounts that I DJ that I don't mention mm -hmm. um, for a million and one reasons, but I don't mention my DJ work. I need everybody to just believe it's about comedy for me. But Baghdad has picked up and given me dates all the way through New Year's. Wow. That's that one venue already. So any dates that I get, I got to play checkers around their dates. Right. So, I mean, I'm cool. I ain't balling, but I'm cool because I have steady accounts. And um, I did pick up another one, Paramount Theater. He wants me to triple up on events. Uh, that's in Casa Grande. Uh, he wants me to do a variety show and a contest, $500 contest. Always fun. Show. Yeah, <laughs> variety show will be like twice. So I'm, and I'm the house DJ there as well. Mm -hmm. So I've already done the quinceanera. I got a wedding on the 14th, um, another quince on the 20th. And this is all in August. That's awesome. I'm so, getting into your business now. I'm doing weddings myself. <laughs> you know, that's did I see that on Instagram? I think yeah. I saw that on Instagram. Yeah, man. I, I got I got ordained and how, like how are you doing? Like we always talk a lot of comedy. Like how are, how's Bobby Johnson doing? How's your mental health and stability and, and the family? Well, that's a part of what I'm doing right now. Time away. That's part of what I'm doing right this moment. Yeah, man. Uh becoming a new dad over again and finding out about it. You know, um, I would never in my life, after all of it. It's said and done and being 53 tomorrow, I would never in my life say, I think I got a kid somewhere, but I don't know it. They don't know where their daddy is. Mm -hmm. And they end up hating somebody they don't know. Because mm -hmm. I think you got to know somebody a certain way to hate them. And we build up hate based on what we don't know, just on absence. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to, my mental health is really doing exactly what I'm saying right now. It's being bigger than the situation. Because we only trap ourselves in that mentality once again, a mental health, it's a mentality that you've got to be mad at somebody because of what they didn't do to you or what they didn't do for you. I simply say, fuck you. I love you, <laughs> but you don't got that much power in my life, man. Nobody does. 
I'll end it there because I know you you uh, you're traveling. You are <laughs> you're doing a million things at once. Always, you're probably promoting a bunch of shows as we speak. <laughs> right on, Dad. Appreciate you, man. No problem. Appreciate Sorry you, bro. I'm on the road. Sorry, I was on the road for the call. And I appreciate you, bro. All love and uh, have a safe trip. Uh, enjoy the family uh, and uh, take care, bro.